0: Thank you for listening to our podcast from Crossroads, South Arkansas. I am teaching Pastor David Preston, Jr. I pray the words you hear today speak to you on a personal level and help bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus. Thanks again for joining us.
1: Father God, we love you. We praise you. All we have, all we are is yours. Because you stood before time. God, you stood before failures. You stood before our shame. You stood before, God, we got here and messed it up. So God, you have the ability and the power uh, to heal and to fix it. If your people who are called by your name would humble themselves. And so God, I pray that today that would happen. That we would humble ourselves and turn to you. God, hopefully You will heal our land. We pray that. God, for there to be a revival. God, for people to meet everywhere because You have awakened them to what You have done. Today, help us to remember there are two. There are yours. There are those who are not. May we who are not let anything get in the way of telling those who are not about you. So God, we love you. We pray. We thank you. We surrender to you. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Good morning again. Good to be with you, and uh, good to be back here at the church. And um, thank you, Cliff, for uh, sharing with us this morning and getting Amen. us started, and and uh, really preparing our hearts. You know, this is—I'm excited about the upcoming weeks here at the church. Um, and the the sermons that the Lord has laid on my heart uh, and the direction he has me going right now is really exciting. And we're gonna I'm starting a series today on the different ways that God speaks to us. And being able to recognize that. Recognizing when God speaks to us. Because a lot of times we feel like gods we want to hear God speaking, but we only expect to hear it one way. And my original thought when I was planning this and was working on this for today was to do a sermon on it and move on. And the more I studied and the more I read about the different ways that God communicates with us, I'm like, this isn't a one Sunday sermon. This, uh, if I only took one way that God spoke to us for a week, I'm up to about 10 or 11 different ways that I've, I've listed right now. Yeah. So we're looking at a couple months. Um, I don't know if we'll go that long through this. I don't know if I'll start combining a couple of them here and there. I don't, I don't know yet. Go but I'm excited what God's laid on my heart. I'm yeah. not going to put this out there. Now he can't back out, but there's one Sunday that Hutch is going to preach in this sermon. The Lord laid it on my heart that he was preaching for us. And I'm excited, but there's a specific way that God speaks. That no one in this church can speak. Hutch. No one can. I could get up here and tell stories. God has blessed him in that aspect of his life, but I can't do it justice, and I don't think there's anybody better than for him to do it. So pray for him, Amen, Amen. Because that's a little out of his comfort zone, but he's I, I just—I just feel like the Lord's telling me that that day is that day's Hutch's day. You're to God's voice. I'm, I'm trying to hear how He talks to us. And that part's been loud and clear. I brought that up to Hutch this morning, and he immediately <clears throat> felt sick in his stomach. I know he did. He didn't tell me, but I just know he did. But I just feel like that's exactly where God wants us to go. So I'm excited about this because I feel like God is speaking to us so much right now. Yes, sir. And we're not listening. By we, I mean we as a country, we as a society, we as a world just aren't listening right now. And he, but he's speaking to us. God can speak to us in so many different ways. You look at what's going on right now, we talked about it last week, and I'm not going to preach on it this week, so to speak. But the the chaos in our country right now, God is speaking to us through that chaos. Are we willing to listen and do what he says? That's the question. That's the question. And, And the problem right now is too many people are trying to put their own words into what's happening right now rather than just listening to what God is telling us. We want to put our earthly definitions on what's happening right now when if we just rely on the Word of God, it lays out how to get away from everything that's burdened in this country right now. That's the answer. That's the answer. I got offended this week. I was not alone. A lot of people have been offended this week. But I read a thing on social media... Lord help you if you're watching social media a lot right now. But I read a thing that said this and it really bothered me that if your pastor is not preaching on what's going on in the country right now, he's telling you a lot about himself. And that really bothered me that people would want to politicize the pulpit. And if I don't preach on the chaos in this country this week, it's telling you what kind of person I am. I will tell you right now what kind of person I am. I am a child of the King. Amen. I am a child of the king. That's what kind of person I am right now. And I'm a child of the king that knows that if there's anyone who can solve what's going on in our country right now, it's not a president. It's not a congressman. It's not a rights activist. It's not a white person. It's not a black person. It is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if I'm not preaching about his love, I'm the one that that's re- so. leading the unjust just That is so. I am a child of the King. That's the type of pastor I am. And if I'm not preaching of His love, then I'm doing a disservice to you. More importantly, I'm doing a disservice to Him. And if we loved the way Jesus loved, 100% of the time, we wouldn't be dealing with the mess we're dealing with right now. So if you want me to preach on what's going on in the country... I'm going to preach on the love of Jesus. Because that's the answer. Because Jesus is talking to us. God is talking to us through this chaos. We have to listen. We have to listen to how He speaks to us. And this morning, I'm going to talk to us, or I'm going to talk to you guys about how God speaks to us through our thoughts. And that's dangerous for us. And we're going to talk about why, but one of the ways that God speaks to us is through our thoughts. You know, I went through a situation here just a week or two ago where there were some specific things going on in my life that I prayed very, very hard about without going into specifics. And I asked God, my thought was God, and I think we all do this, God, when you answer this prayer for me, make it obvious. Y'all ever prayed that? When you answer this for me, make it obvious. And you know, there's a lot of times that I've prayed that I've prayed for God to make it obvious and the answer I didn't feel was really that obvious. But if I was really listening to God and looking at what He was saying to me through different circumstances, it would have been obvious. But the fact that I was looking at it my way Instead of his way, it wasn't that obvious. This thing I'm talking about that happened a couple weeks ago, he made it obvious. He did, and I'm thankful for that. But even in my human nature, I got frustrated at the process. And I was talking to one of the people that I consider my great friend, a mentor, someone who I can discuss things about. And he asked me, how do you really feel about this? And I said, I got frustrated. And it was like God hit me in the head and I said this next line. I said, I got frustrated, but I asked God for an obvious answer, and that's exactly what I got. Amen. And from that point on, I haven't been frustrated about it anymore. Because I it took that, it took me talking to him for me to realize I got exactly what I asked for. Absolutely. And God wanted that. He wanted me to hear that. and He wanted me to see that. And through that conversation, I said, you know, it frustrated me, but I got exactly what I asked for. So what am I upset about? I asked for God to make it obvious. He made it obvious. Which means I'm doing exactly what He wants me to do. God speaks through us in different ways. I had not had that thought yet. But God placed that thought in my head in the middle of that conversation. And it made sense. Sometimes we get too focused on what's going on around us to really hear what God's saying to us. Lincoln, my little girl sitting over there. Oh, she's hiding. She thinks she's in trouble now. Has this habit of when she's watching TV or she's looking at a book or she's doing something, playing with her toys, you can say, Lincoln... And she won't pay attention to you. You get louder, Lincoln. And she still won't pay attention to her. The other day, she was watching her iPad that she has and was watching a cartoon. And I said, Lincoln. And she didn't look up. I said, Lincoln. She didn't look up. And I finally went, Lincoln. And it startled her. And I said, she looked at me. And I had said in the middle of those Lincolns, I need you to go put your plate up. She had left a plate there. I said, I need you to go put your plate up. And when I startled her, she looked at me. I said, what did I just say? And she looked at me, kind of weird, and I said, what did I just tell you to do? And she looked at me and she went, nothing. She was so focused on what she was looking at, what was in her mind, what was her priority. She was so focused on it, she didn't hear me say or didn't hear me ask her to do what I asked her to do. She wasn't being rude that time. She wasn't just ignoring me that time. We have those times where she ignores me on purpose too, but she wasn't that time. She was so zoned in to what was right in front of her that nothing else mattered at that time. And when I asked her to take that plate back to the kitchen, she didn't hear it. And when I asked her what I said, she was like, Nothing. You didn't talk to me, Daddy. I'm like, Yes, I did. <clears throat> but she didn't hear. I think a lot of times in our lives we get so zoned into what's directly in front of us that we miss what God's saying to us. Yes, we do. When He might be talking right into our ear. That's it. We're so focused on what's right in front of us that we don't hear what He's saying. And when He finally yells at us and gets our attention, and He says, what did I say to you? And I'm like, I don't know, Lord. I've been asking you for your help and you haven't answered. And He's like, yes, I did. You weren't listening. So, uh, God speaks to us in so many ways that we have to be open to hear what He has for us. You know, as I was... Preparing this the other night, a couple nights ago, we were over at at Papa and Mama's house. And it kind of turned into a little church staff meeting. And in the process, Cliff told this story. And it was confirmation to me of what God had been telling me about these sermons. I don't ever remember hearing this story. And I don't know if they noticed it or not, but as he told it, I had tears in my eyes. It made me miss my dad, sure. But it was more because I felt almost relief because it fit perfectly what I felt God was telling me in these sermons. And he told this story that at some point, and he could probably tell it better to me, he was talking to our dad and kind of jokingly said, Dad, do you really think God would speak to us through a fortune cookie. And you think about that, and you're like, God's not going to use a fortune cookie to talk to us. And he said this. He said, Dad, as serious as he could be, made this statement. He said, if you needed to get a message to your kids, wouldn't you use whatever means possible to send that message? And I was like, holy cow. That's it. God will use whatever He has to to get a message to us. So if that means He has to use a riot to get a message to us, we better be listening. If that means He has to use a burning bush to get a message to us, we better be listening. If that means He throws us into the belly of a whale to get a message to us, we better be listening. God will use whatever... He needs. If you crack open a fortune cookie today at lunch and it gives you a word you've been expecting, folks, that didn't come from China. That very well might have come from God. And He placed it on that paper and somebody slid it in that cookie not knowing that God was going to place it on your table today. It's that specific it's that specific if God wants to get you a message He's going to do that He's going to speak to you so how do we know we're hearing when God speaks to us how do we know that we hear what God says to us when He's speaking to us we're going to start this morning in Amos chapter 4 Verse 13, now I'm going to be honest with you. In my 44 years, I don't ever remember being in a church service where the pastor spoke out of the book of Amos. I'm sure it's happened, and it's probably happened in my life. Um, But I don't remember it. And after reading through the book of Amos, I understand why. Because it's not pleasant. If you read all of chapter 4, in today's society, people would have not considered old Amos very politically correct. Because he pretty much laid it out exactly how he felt. And he was a prophet who was a shepherd. I always like how that works. He was a shepherd who didn't consider himself a prophet, but he was. He was a simple guy that God spoke through. Isn't that something? A simple guy that God spoke through. And He spoke directly to the people of Israel about how they took advantage of people. About how they didn't take care of the poor. About how they were greedy for money and only wanted to increase their pockets and not take care of everybody else. About how they considered themselves better than everybody else. And he takes his book in the Bible and pretty much lays out to Israel what they're doing wrong. And he doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't pull any punches. But as I'm reading it, I couldn't help but think that Amos was writing that book to the United States of America right now, too. He was. At that time, he was writing it to the people of Israel. But I fully believe there's a biblical, godly connection between Israel and the United States. And this book could teach us a lesson right now, too. No doubt. Because of the things that Amos focused on. But I want to read you this verse because God does speak to us. And this is towards the end of the book. There's another chapter or two left. But this is getting to the point where Amos is saying, this is all the things you've done wrong. Now this is how we make it right. And Amos tells them this at the end of chapter 4, verse 13. It says, For the Lord is the one who shaped the mountains, He stirs up the winds, and He reveals his thoughts to mankind. Yes. He talks to us. He speaks to us in our thoughts. And Amos is telling us here that He reveals His thoughts to mankind. Yes. And that's going to be the key verse for this whole series here. How does God speak to us? He reveals. The One who shaped the mountains, the One who stirs up the winds, also cares enough about us to share His thoughts with us. That's going to be our key verse for this series that we're going through. He shares His thoughts with us. How does He do that? Next verse, finishing up verse 13, it says, He turns the light of dawn into darkness and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord, God of heaven's armies, is His name. Man. That ought to get you excited the one who turns the light of dawn into darkness and treads in the heights of the Lord, the Lord of the earth, the Lord God of heaven armies is His name. Who's the one that shares His thoughts with us? The Lord God of heaven's armies is the one that shares His thoughts with us. The commander of the armies of heaven shares His war plan with us. He tells us where He's going. He tells us where He's going to attack. He tells us who's going to attack us. He shares that with us. We just have to listen. That's the key. That's the key. So this morning we're going to talk about God speaking to us through our thoughts. I've said that 30 times now. But God speaks to us through our thoughts. We're going to look at these verses right quick. Matthew chapter 1, verses 19-21. through 21. And I want you to put yourself in this position after I read these verses. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. God talks to us in our thoughts. Going back to verse 20 in this, the very first part of that says, as he considered this. Okay, so I want you to put yourself in, in, in these, in Joseph's shoes. Guys, you're a young man that's engaged to a 16-year-old young lady. You're going to get married. Okay? Ladies, do the best you can. But put yourself in Joseph's shoes. You're a young man engaged to a 16-year-old young lady ready to get married. You know you haven't been with her. You know you've done everything right in God's eyes. The Bible said Joseph was a righteous man. He did things right. You had done everything God had asked you to do and you find out your 16 or so year old fiance, maybe even 15 at this point, is pregnant and with child. What's the first thought that goes through your head? Think about that. Put yourself in his shoes. Think about that first thought and hold on to it. We'll come back to it here in a minute. But what's that first thought If you were Joseph and you found out your fiance Mary was pregnant and you know for a fact it wasn't you, what's the first thought that goes through your head? Hang on to that thought. Now, the Bible tells us here that Joseph was a righteous man, a good man, and he didn't want... He was good enough, even with what was going on, he didn't want it to become a big deal. So he was going to break the engagement quietly. He didn't want to drag Mary through the mud. How much different is that from our society today? How much different is that? He wanted to do a righteous thing. He didn't want to drag her through the mud. But the next verse, verse 20, it says, as he considered this. What does considered mean? As he thought about the options. As he thought about this. As he considered this. So he's thinking about it. He's having thoughts. What should I do? Who should I talk to? How does this work? All of these thoughts are going through his mind. He's considering these things. As these thoughts go through his mind, God sends the answer. And in this way, he sent it by angel. But it happened in his thoughts. See, Joseph is contemplating. He's considering all these things. And I I can see this picture of of the stress that this put on him and wanting to do the right thing because he's a good guy, but knowing what he should do according to the law, and it stressed him so much, I could just see him collapsing in sleep, being worn out. You ever been on your pillow at night and had so many thoughts running through your head you couldn't sleep? And then the next thing you know, you woke up in the morning and you had literally thought yourself to sleep with stress and with worry. I can see Joseph being in that place where as his body fell asleep in the middle of all these thoughts, God sends the answer. And the angel said, don't do anything crazy. Those are my words, not necessarily the angels. But it said, what has happened is of God, not of man. Right. He got the answer. See, God talked to Joseph through this situation. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I want us to realize. Where do those thoughts in our mind come from? who puts those thoughts in our mind? Who puts them there? There's three answers to that. The first thing is God does. God put that thought in Joseph's mind. He sent that angel to speak to Joseph while he was asleep through a dream. God put that there. There's a lot of thoughts that we have in our mind that God places specifically there. When... Cliffs had told that story and it confirmed what I was feeling. God put that there. God put that thought in my mind. When I was speaking with my mentor, my trusted friend, about that situation, and God put that thought in my mind, you asked for an obvious answer and that's exactly what you got. God placed that there. So God puts thoughts in our mind. Number two, Satan puts thoughts in our mind. Now, he doesn't control us, but he has the power to affect us. And he can put thoughts in our mind. Why was the frustration in my mind? Because Satan didn't want me to realize that God had given me exactly what I asked for. So as long as I stayed frustrated, as long as I stayed mad, as long as I stayed angry, I wasn't seeing the blessing that God had given me in my life. Satan, the enemy, will put thoughts in your mind that will keep you away from the answers that God has given you and the thoughts that God are giving you as answers to your questions. The third place that our thoughts come from, who puts thoughts in our minds? I do. There's thoughts that I place into my mind that I allow to happen that are influenced either by God or influenced by Satan. So really one and two are the true answers, but number three puts it on us based off of who we're listening to. Are we listening to God or are we listening to the world? Are we listening to what God's telling us or are we allowing the world to tell us what we should think? Are we allowing the world to tell us what should be going on in our mind? And if we don't follow that exact pattern, we're wrong. Well, if that exact pattern is not what God says, the pattern's wrong. God's never wrong. So what the world is feeding you in your mind, is it telling you to do what God says to do? Or is it telling you to do what the world says to do? Those thoughts that can come into your mind come from you based off of whether you're listening to God or whether you're listening to the world or to Satan or to the evil one. So, how do we do? How do we fix these things? We have to investigate our thoughts. When a thought comes to your mind that catches your attention, guys, I have thoughts all day long, and some of them aren't worth catching my attention, they're random. They have no meaning. They have no purpose. It's just random thoughts. I have a thought. Boy, I'd love to have a pizza. That's random. If I don't get that pizza, am I going to die? No. So is it life or death? Does it have a purpose? No. Would it make me happy? Probably so. But it doesn't have a purpose other than to satisfy me. And if I'm only doing it to satisfy me, I'm not doing what God said to do. Because everything I do should satisfy and please Him. Does that make sense? That's a simple, silly, stupid illustration, but it's real. We have a lot of thoughts that have no purpose, but when a thought catches your attention, and a lot of times you think that thought twice, You're like, wait a minute. There was something there. You better look at it close because it has a purpose in your life. If you have a thought and God brings it back to you, you better look at it close because there's a purpose. And you need to investigate it. You need to investigate where that thought came from and how you can use it in your life. Now, three things that we can do with our thoughts. How do you investigate those thoughts? How do you determine if that's a God thought or if that's an evil thought? How do you determine that? Well, number one, you have to pray over If God gives you a thought and it sticks with you and you determine, hey, this is something that could have a meaningful purpose in my life, you better start praying over it. And if you start praying over it, a lot of times you'll find out that it might be a few branches away, but you're going to find out you've been praying about it already. And this is just an answer down the line to something you've been praying about before. Because if God places that thought in your head and it sticks, there's a reason He wants it there. So you better start praying for it. You better start looking for it. The second thing you have to do is we have to look for confirmation of the purpose of that thought in Scripture. We have to see that thought. We have to find out why it's important. We have to pray for it. And then we got to go to the Bible and find out is this really what God's saying to me? Because I promise you, the Bible has the answer. The answer is there. So pray over it, confirm it in the Scripture. And then the third thing, if you're still having questions, because you know we're human and God can tell us something and He can point us in a direction and our human mind will say, well, yeah, that's great, but what if? We have those what ifs. So if you can pray over it and feel like God's telling you something and then you confirm it in the in the Scriptures and you feel like God's telling you something, but you still have that what if moment, a third thing you can do, a third question you can ask is this. Does it go against the character of God? If God's given you an answer and you pray about it and you confirm it and you get to this point where you have to say, does it go against the character of God? Well, let me tell you something. If you've prayed about it and you've confirmed it in the Scripture, it's going to go with the character of God it's going to be the final answer that you're looking for. But sometimes we can flip these up. I've spoken all this point talking about a thought that God placed in your mind. But what if you have a thought in your mind that just doesn't make sense but you can't make it go away? See, God puts a thought in your mind and He brings it back if you don't think about it. He brings that thought back because it's important. But if you have a thought that you can't get away from, now we got to start investigating that. Because if God brings that thought back into your mind, it's from him. But if you're having trouble throwing that thought away, it's not from him. Okay? And I want you to understand why. Because a lot of times if you're having trouble moving away from a certain thought, and you ask yourself this this question, does this follow the character of God or does it go against the character of God? Satan's the one that's going to keep it right in the forefront. He's going the one that's going to keep it right there in your face. And you ask yourself, is this going against the character of God? And if it does, you've got to leave. You've got to get away from it. If this follows the character of God, then you start to pray on it. Then you start to confirm it in Scriptures. Because there's times in our life where we're going to be confused. Preached a couple weeks ago on confusion. And there's a lot of confusion going on right now. I'm still confused on whether we should be locked down or not right now. There's a lot of confusion. But even with the confusion, we can ask, does it go against the character of God? Can we pray about it? Can we find confirmation in Scripture that what we're doing is the right thing? If you follow those steps, no matter where that thought comes from, no matter where you're getting influenced, you're going to find out if the question and the thought that God placed in your head or the enemy placed in your head, you're going to find confirmation of exactly where it came from and exactly who. Gave it to you. I asked you earlier to put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Young man, younger fiance. She comes up pregnant and she knows it wasn't you. What was your first thought? Now, don't tell me out loud. We're in church. Because I know what my first thought would probably be. I don't know if I'd want to repeat it in here. But ask yourself this question. That first thought, did it come from God? Did it come from you? Or did it come from Satan? Where did that first thought that came into your mind, putting yourself in Joseph's shoes, come from? A lot of times the thought that God puts us in in our minds leads us to a bigger blessing in the end. Because I promise you this, the first thought that came into my mind wasn't the first thought that came into Joseph's mind. What was Joseph's first response that we know? we got to break this off but keep it quiet. That was the way Jesus would have wanted it done. That was the noble thing. That was the righteous thing he could have done whatever he wanted to but he wanted to keep it quiet i often wonder thinking about that if he would have blown up if he would have thrown a fit how the story would have changed jesus was still coming Mary had already... Jesus had been conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. That wasn't going to change. But if Joseph didn't do exactly what the thought that God placed in his head, how would the story have changed? Would the angel have to come to Joseph and say, man, get your act together? Calm down. How would the story have changed? Jesus would have still come. The price for salvation would have still been paid. But Joseph gave us a glimpse of what it's like to just listen to God in the midst of chaos and hear exactly what God wants you to do. And it falls back on this. You're never going to be wrong. You will never be wrong if you do what God tells you to do and if you do the right thing. Which is why I can stand here and firmly say if our country wants to be what it should be, then we need to do what God tells us to do and do the right thing. Not my ideas, not your ideas, not anybody else's ideas. The only idea that matters is what God has already told us in His Word. Love people the way Jesus loved. Respect people the way Jesus respected. That's what Joseph did. In the midst of chaos, he respected Mary, even with that, the way Jesus would have respected her. And look how it worked out. God speaks to us through our thoughts. We just have to listen. So when you get that thought that won't go away, investigate it. See if it's going to honor and glorify God. See if it follows His character. Pray about it. Follow it. Confirm it in Scripture. And let God give you the blessing that He's holding on and just ready to pass it to you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for this morning. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You for the fact that we don't deserve it, but You still speak to us. You still talk to us. You still give us guidance. You still give us answers. You still point us in the direction of Your will. And Lord, when we go on our own way, when we don't answer, answer, when we get so focused on what's directly in front of us and we don't hear you speaking directly into our ear, you get our attention and you ask us, what did I just say? And when we don't know and we say nothing, you say, I just told you what you needed to hear. Now listen this time. Father, that's grace. That's mercy. And you give it to us all the time, even when we don't deserve it. Lord, You're speaking to us today. You're speaking to us about so many things. Please, please, Lord, open our ears, open our hearts to receive the message, Lord. Not even to hear it, but to receive it. I can hear a lot of things. But it's what I listen to, what I receive that matters open our ears and open our hearts to receive you speaking to us and your guidance for us. We love you today. We praise you for all you've done. Lord, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen in our lives, what's going to happen in our church, what's going to happen in our town, our county, our state, our country, our world. Leading. To us following you into the gates of heaven. Because I know, Lord, that you're in control. I know that you're guiding us. Just help us to listen. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining our podcast today. If you're in South Arkansas, we'd love to have you visit us. If you'd like more information on our church, please visit us on Facebook or our YouTube channel at Crossroads South Arkansas. I pray that as God pours his love and grace over you, it overflows onto those around you. God bless from Crossroads.